Hello, friends. Welcome aboard the Round Trip Stories podcast, where we share stories of moving around the world and back again, reflecting on the lessons we've learned along the way. My name is Tracy. And my name is Melissa, and we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. Our guest today is Monica Baez, an international baccalaureate psychology teacher and foodie from Ecuador who spent six years in the United States before returning to Quito, Ecuador. She describes her time in the U.S. at her small Christian university as a magical experience where she enjoyed rich diversity, close community, and added grace in her Christian faith practice. So buckle your seatbelts and make sure your tray tables and seats are in their upright positions as part one of Monica's round trip story gets ready for takeoff. Hi, Monica. Hi. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Melissa. Hello, Monica. I am so happy that we finally get to do this interview. And Monica is a friend of mine. We've known each other for about 25 years. Right. Oh, that's sweet. Uh huh. So as we get started, the first thing we want to um, hear and share or have you share is a little bit of your backstory. So tell us first a little bit about yourself and your family, including where you grew up. Okay. So, yeah, I'm Monica. I um, grew up in Quito, Ecuador. I lived here until I was 20, I guess. Um, My nuclear family is just four of us, my dad, my mom, uh, who are no longer together, and then my brother and I, a younger brother and I, and um, spent also a lot of time growing up with my mom's side of the family. So my cousins, like we always went on vacation together, Christmas, birthdays. So they are like my sisters as well. There are five of us grandchildren. And um, now my current family is my husband, Daniel, and me and our two dogs, Romina and Musguito. Mm-hmm. Musguito. Uh, oh. <laughs> Musguito, yeah. But not like little fly, not mosquito, uh-huh. but it's like little moss, oh, like the moss that grows moss. on rocks. Yeah. Musguito. Uh, okay. That's fun. Yes. That's fun. So tell us... You're you're on this podcast because you spent some time in another country. So tell us where you moved and when and what you did there at that time. So in 98, I the 23rd of August, I know that mm-hmm. exactly. Um, I moved to Fresno, California uh, for an exchange program that was supposed to be a year long. And I went to Fresno Pacific University. Yes. So it was supposed to be a year long. How long did you end up actually staying? I stayed for six years. Ah, yeah. Well, that's significantly different than one year. <laughs> it's funny how that yes, happens. very much so. Especially because I had a boyfriend that was waiting for me <laughs> back home. So at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so how long ago was it uh, when you returned to Ecuador? I've been back for 19 years. When did you learn English? So I went to a dual immersion school. Okay, that's right. Which is where I work now. Yeah. And so it was half day English and half day Spanish all throughout growing up. And I loved English. And 
two um, student teachers came to live in our house when I was fairly young, like maybe first, second grade. Mm. They were from the U.S., yeah. And so that impacted me a lot because I think they were so loving and so caring that I wanted to communicate with them. And my parents knew English as well. All right. So now the next stories that we would love to hear are about your time living in the U.S. and how it went. So tell us a story about your initial transition and adjustment. So the backstory of this is that I applied to, like through my university in Ecuador, I could apply to an exchange program. And you had to choose your top two. And so I was between like University of of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign or Brethren Colleges Abroad. Okay. And I had been told I could choose where I was going. And so I had done research. I had asked around one of the college counselors or a, I don't know, exchange program counselors told me that Fresno was the only uh, campus that was actually in the city huh. and not like in the middle of the country somewhere in some oh. state. And I think, I don't know if it was him or someone else that told me that the city was a little dangerous. Huh. But going back to the story, what happened is that they were, they told me I had 95% of options of choosing. And then when they brought all of us students to talk about where we were going in that exchange program, they said, we don't know where any of you are going except for Monica. And I was like, what? But you told me I had a choice. And I was thinking Elizabethtown College and places in Pennsylvania and other places like nothing further west than Miami, probably. Yeah. But right, because Ecuador is south of the east coast of North America, not. And so that would have been closer A lot closer. Yes, and because we had family in the U.S. So my mom had an uncle and aunt that lived in Brandon, which is a suburb of Tampa in Florida. Okay. And I had traveled, I think, to D.C. by that time in New York. But I had never been even in, like, the center of the U.S. Yeah. I've always been in the East. And so when they said, and I said, okay, so where am I going? And they're like, Fresno, California. And I was thinking... Like, that's the only place that I heard was a little dangerous. (laughs) It was like, why would you send me to exactly the place that doesn't seem like the greatest? And of course, all of these things were unfounded, like at the end. Yeah. It was nothing like what I had heard, especially in terms of the education. And, but yeah, it was, it was funny. That is interesting. And when that happened with the boyfriend at the time, I, I told him, I was very concerned, but I told him it must be that God really wants me totally in a different place from where I I expected going, that that's where I'm going, because this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And and, and yes, and it was exactly that. It was exactly where I had to go. How interesting. So when I first got to Fresno, some of my first memories are just a lot of diversity. Of course, I was in the International Student Club or just community. And so I remember friends from Ghana and friends from other parts of Africa, including 
Democratic Republic of Congo. And then um, there was this one guy from Peru. And so it was just magical, like people from all of these places. So some of the things that I remember the most, it was just that there was this amazing green area and there were all of these trees and we would have these worship services and different activities, just like fun things. But I was struck very much by seeing a lot of young couples, I suppose at the church as well. I just remember this idea of young couples, like together being believers. And I was amazed by that because I think that Mm -hmm. had always been my dream. And I was like, wow, this is actually possible. And that just Mm. inspired me so much. So it was very encouraging for me. All my life, I had had secular education and uh, Protestants were very much the majority in Ecuador Mm. at that time when I grew up. And so going to Christian school, a Christian school was like, wow, this is so fun. So tell us a story about something that was hard. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it was just hard to transition. Like I shared in the nature episodes, getting to Fresno and seeing just how from the sky, how flat it was compared to my beloved mountains in Quito. I don't think anything was so hard. I was just so excited. But I do remember my international counselor saying that... It will be a little bit of a roller coaster and I would be super excited at the beginning. And then like a month later, I would start to miss home. Mm. And that did happen as predicted. And I did miss it. And, but it was fine. Honestly, it was very fine. Mm. I was just very, very happy to be there. That's, that's great. I just feel that that first year was really dreamy. Mm-hmm. And I think just because of different circumstances, mm-hmm. um, Again, my boyfriend at the time had gone to the military when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty lonely. Mm-hmm. And there were things going on at home that were hard as well. And so I think going from being lonely to this place oh. where I lived with people, because it was even like yeah. the college dorm. I actually lived with like all of these other girls. And so yeah. plus the Christian aspect, plus the community mm-hmm. and everything was fun and special so for the first year like I said everything was very very dreamy mm-hmm. I think it was harder the year after when I moved into a suite by myself mm-hmm. inside the campus mm-hmm. I think it was hard for me to live alone at that point in my life mm. mm-hmm. so that was the second year mm-hmm. so my senior year of college was harder mm-hmm. and Looking back, I think it would have been smarter for me to, I mean, I still lived in a dorm, but I lived by myself. I didn't have a roommate. Mm -hmm. And all these friends I had made in my junior year were not in the same place. Mm -hmm. I think that wasn't the best Mm -hmm. for me then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We certainly need people. All right. Well, now tell us a story about something you loved. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I loved, again, the community and the diversity. But one thing I remember in particular was a trip to 
the mountains. And so again, since I lived in the mountains in, in Quito, and the thing is like when you live in such high altitude as we do, the mountains always have snow tops, always. And so it was special to actually take a drive up to the mountains uh, that was very beautiful and just gorgeous with all the trees, mm -hmm. so many trees, and then getting to see the snow in that way rather than in the way that I had experienced. Because basically, for me to actually get to the snow in Quito, you have to hike, mm. like a very long, significant hike that I've only done once oh. in my whole life when oh. I was a kid with my parents. But in Fresno, if you took your car up, right, you could get to the place where the snow was yeah. at a certain time of the year. We can take a hike up to Cotopaxi whenever we want to, even though I have never been back yeah. since I was a child. right. So that was special. And I just remember the snow and something else that I loved was these dates. I don't know what you call them, but they're like the organized dates. It was like something from the dorms. Oh, like roomies night out or yeah. yes. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That was really fun. And I don't think I even remember who I went with, but it was just the whole buzz of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was so fun. Okay. So did you go out with a guy or did you go out with a roommate? No, no. We went out with a guy. So all of us girls from our dorm went out with these guys, but all of us would be together. And the roommate would arrange the date for the other roommate. So like if Monica and right. I, if Monica and I were roommates, I would find a date for her and she would find a date for me. That sounds fun. Yeah. And then everybody in the whole dorm goes together. Like we did. I remember doing that my junior year and we all went ice skating. Yes. Yes, it was something like that. And mm -hmm. I think I remember now who I went with. And this guy was really fun and really cute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <Very> handsome. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, I'm thinking by then my bo boyfriend and I had broken up after the first year mm. I was in the States and that I was staying. But um, yeah, those things were just really fun. They were different and they were new experiences for me mm -hmm. and there was a progressive dinner once too mm. so we had um i think some kind of i don't know what you call this in spanish it's entrada it's like the first appetizers course yeah the appetizers appetizers probably at someone's house and then we went to have like dinner at somebody else's house mm -hmm. and then we went to have dessert at somebody else's house mm -hmm. so these things were just like just fun and different um, and I was with friends always, so that made me very happy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had a couple other guests talk about the university experience in the US and and how it can be very special if you're if you're involved in the activities on campus. Mm -hmm. I think universities yes. do a really good job at, at um having a, a university life, right? And organizing all these activities to help people feel at home when they might be away from home. And to develop relationships. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That that was the most fun for me. It, it was just really, really fun. I know that in some cases it's maybe different now than it was, you know, 20 years ago. College campus culture has changed a lot in the last 25 years. Just 
you know, like the rest of the world. You know, you go back then when we were in college in the 90s and, you know, maybe early 2000s, people didn't have smartphones and, I know. <laughs> you know. Yes, yes, for sure. And the internet, social media didn't exist and whatever. And so it's... I'm so glad. You know? I know. I am too. I'm thankful. I'm so glad. Mm. I had never thought of that. But yes, I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. We had to talk to people. <laughs> he had to talk to people face to face. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I never felt left out of things because it's almost like everyone was always invited. All right. Well, Monica, tell us a story about something that surprised you from living in the U.S. Hmm. This might sound odd, but something I think that surprised me was more in California. People didn't smoke. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So my dad um, invited me to spend some time in my Thanksgiving break or something in Florida. And I remember in Florida seeing that people did smoke. Mm-hmm. And in California, they did not. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just struck me that things were different, even in the same place. And even other things like, I mean, they seem so silly or it's just like the things that that you pay attention to. I remember also Florida was freezing, freezing cold uh, malls. Oh, Oh. air conditioned. I, I remember, yeah, like the AC was so high. Huh. That sometimes, because sometimes my cousins and I would go to the States and in Florida, and so I would have to put a little sweater on, like a cardigan, yeah, to resist uh-huh. the AC. Uh-huh. And in California, the AC was not that cold. Interesting. Yeah, so it wasn't that it, it wasn't that they didn't have the the air conditioning going in the malls and stores and stuff, but it's not set, yeah, maybe not set as cold as in other places like an ice box yeah <laughs> like a freezer and the other thing yeah that was peculiar i think that's a good word for that and the other thing was just that if you walked around the campus and you cross the street you could find i'm not lying a japanese noodle shop that was owned by owned by a korean and there was also this Armenian shop mm-hmm. and there was this Indian shop and there was something Chinese and Mexican food around Spanish the corner. Food. Right. And so it that was also so beautiful to me. Like you could literally just cross the street and find all of these places. Mm-hmm. Quito now has become much more multicultural. And um, the food scene has really changed here. There's so many places to go. And Mm -hmm. also, I think people go out more than we did when we were children. Just Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that was around when we were children were like KFC or Pizza Hut. (laughs) But now you have all of these places. But at the time, for me, that was something very new Mm -hmm. and very special. Yeah. Like just cross the street like I could walk on my own and just all of these different cultural places it was amazing
So tell us, what did you learn about yourself as a result of living abroad? I think what I learned, first of all, was just that my dreams were possible. Hmm. And so that's why I think I had so much hope and so much joy. Because like I said, like I had wanted a Christian family where we all shared the same faith. Mm-hmm. And I uh, had really longed for that all my life. And I saw that people did it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, wow, like this can be done. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I learned that. And I think also um, there was this class that I had that was called Theology of the Human Person and just how even as you read the Bible, um, you can read it from your own cultural viewpoint. And so I think even knowing that I had a viewpoint that was cultural was interesting. Mm. And I think later on when I did my master's, I do remember doing some work journals or whatever it was for school. Like they made us think a lot about who we were and stuff like this. And I remember this idea of I'm a Latina. And I was challenged by... Because when you're Ecuadorian, you're just Ecuadorian mm-hmm. and you are with other Ecuadorians and that's your life, right? But moving to the U.S. and because for me, I spoke in English so much mm-hmm. and then started thinking in English a lot too and would pray in my head in English too. Mm-hmm. So I think at one point my professors were kind of like trying to encourage me to just not honor, but like appreciate, I guess, my Latino background. Um, because I also I already thought very biculturally, I guess. And so I remember one of them encouraged me to read my Bible in Spanish. Hmm. And I started listening to singers that were also in Spanish. And um so there was that, but also there was just so much healing, yeah. especially the my second part there, like the last three years. Um, it was amazing. It was extremely hard and also extremely amazing. And that shaped who I am today in such a long, such a dramatic way. Like, mm-hmm. I think gave me a foundation for who I was. And so having my young adult experience, like the first five years of being an adult there mm-hmm. was just profoundly shaping mm-hmm. for for my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so much, I think, of our worldview and our mindset and our perspectives uh, are formed. And not, to, and not to say that they can't change at all, of course, but there is really important stuff that happens in those years. Those were years where I also spent my first extended time abroad. And it was very humbling because I Um, realized I had so much to learn. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I think one thing about moving to Fresno is that I think my life and my church had made me take life really seriously in so many ways. And when I got to Fresno, I found a lot of grace Mm -hmm. and a lot of... I could relax a little more and I could enjoy a little more and I could realize that you could live Christianity also in a different way. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily that what I had lived was bad, but just like this was a new color for me Mm -hmm. and with more freedom and more grace. And that 
that was the foundation that I had really needed mm-hmm. um, is to have a, a little bit of a shift in perspective and and know that like the decision to go to Fresno, I didn't make it. Right. It was kind of made for me. Yeah. And it was so good that it was. The last question for this half of your interview. So tell us something that you learned about the world as a result of your time living abroad. I think I learned the world was big, even though I knew the world was big. Because when I was in second grade, I got thousands, literally thousands, open thousands of letters from the uh, Scholastic News Review. They had published a letter of mine. Um, about Ecuador, and they edited it to say, "I like potato pancakes. What pa- kind of pancakes do you like? Please write back." And so all these kids had for homework to write all of these letters. So I already knew the world was big, and I already knew there were people and kids that thought things around the world, especially in the U.S., because that's where the letters came from. Um, but when I moved to Fresno. I was much more in touch with, again, people from Africa and people from Asia. And like, it just became really real mm-hmm. because before my connection had been more Ecuador and some of the U.S., but not all of these other continents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm. That's, that's something that I just loved about living in Mexico and then living in China for eight years, you just met so many people from all Mm -hmm. over the world. And I learned about their country and their history and and the world through through them. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I would meet somebody from, or somebody would mention this place. And so then I would go back and Google it and look and like read about the history because I'm like, wait a minute, what, wait, you know, because you just, there's there's all there's so much information there's so much world history so it's nice mm-hmm. to kind of put pieces together puzzle pieces mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. thank you monica for sharing your round trip stories from california we are grateful for your reflections on your six years studying and working in the central valley of california you appreciated the global diversity which your university classmates and community had to offer And being outside your country helped you to define your own cultural viewpoint. You describe your university years as a blueprint for what a Christian family and grace-filled faith community could look like. Those years gave you a foundation of who you are today. So what happened when Monica returned to Ecuador? You'll have to make a return trip to our podcast for part two of Monica's round trip story. Want the podcast equivalent of early boarding and first-class seating? Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast, would you consider sharing it with your fellow globetrotting friends? We would love to encourage them too. As this episode lands, we hope these stories have encouraged you, helped you find some more of your belongings, and made your baggage a little lighter. Thanks so much for listening, friends. We'll see you next time.